Attention, all podcasters. It's time to get epic. You're listening to Off the Post Podcast, broadcasting live from beautiful downtown British Columbia. What is up, epic podcasters? Should I say that or no? You shouldn't, but you okay, should hurry up and do something. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something else. We're going to leave that in there. Uh, what is up, everyone? We are back for episode two of Off the Post Podcast. My name is Cody French. I'll be your host today, and we are joined today uh, by Kaiser. Say what's up. Or say anything. You don't say what's up. But yeah, there we go. Uh, they're two homies. They're, they're, uh, they're chilling. They're not here today. That's all good. It's a two-man show. We're going to rock with it. Uh, so it's not... Hasn't been too much crazy news in the NHL besides uh, Edmonton's brand new arena falling apart into pieces and <laughs> other things around the league, but we'll talk about those things when the plans come closer and we talk about who is quote unquote unfit to play. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, the latest hockey rumors that <laughs> there are hockey rumors weeks before playoffs because NHL. So uh, we're going to start with the Brock Besser rumors. If you guys missed it, I believe it was last week, week ago today, uh, Matt Sakaris went on TSN 1040 and said the Canucks are exploring a trade for Brock Besser. They're not shopping him. They're not doing any of that kind of stuff. They're just looking at their options. I partly believe part of it's a cap problem. Part of it is if you look at their defensive core after, let's say after 2020, 2021, all you got locked up, uh, you got Hughes. Myers and I believe Rathbone will be on his. I think Rathbone's got one year left. He just got a kid the Canucks just signed out of college. You'll have three defensemen. So the Canucks defensive core is looking brutal. Uh, so they might move him for those two reasons. Uh, Rick Dollywall went on to confirm the uh, confirm the report. Uh, they asked Benning about it a few days later. Benning, of course, denied because uh, media 101, you don't. <laughs> You don't confirm to the media that you are trading your star players or one of your star players. Um, I look at Bergevin, Subban, uh, Trilliving, Hamilton. It's it's media 101. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I just want to get your opinions, guys, real quick. Uh, the, <laughs> the Besser rumors. Uh, do you think the Canucks will even trade Besser? And if so, what do you where do you think the likely destination is? I was skeptical on it at first, but... I feel like Benning even feeling like he had the need to come out and say that the rumors weren't true. I feel like that almost gives some validation to it because mm-hmm. uh, we saw the same thing with the Hamilton situation. Uh, Calgary GM comes out and says um, one of the quotes that came out of him was it would take the next five years of first round picks for us to trade Dougie Hamilton and he was on um, Sportsnet, I think it was, saying Hamilton skates very well. He's a massive body, can play defense. He's a complete player. Why in the world would we, would we trade him? F- uh, fast forward 
a few months later and he's out in that package deal to Carolina. So, of course, in a trade rumor like that, the GM is going to deny the rumors. Especially if it's just before playoffs. It doesn't really motivate Besser a whole lot if he knows he's going to be on the chopping block as soon as Mm -hmm. it's, it's over. So, of course he's going to deny it. Especially during playoffs so i think it's a possibility i definitely Uh, think it's a possibility yeah but what you're forgetting there is elias litholm's actually worth five first round picks so the trade actually (laughs) made sense what are they just to just a uh recap on that what did the flames get they got uh noah hannafin uh elias litholm did they get anything else or just that um I think there might have been some picks shopped yeah, around as well. Yeah, because I know I know Hamilton and Fox went the other way, but I don't think Fox was signing with Calgary, and I definitely know Fox was he not wasn't. signing with Carolina. And that's not shade on Carolina. Fox just didn't want to sign there. And then, of, so, cur- of course, mm-hmm. Furland was the other Oh, right, Furland was well. Carolina. Calgary kind of got burned on that trade looking back at it now, eh? Oh, my God. No, really. I mean... You don't think so? No. Hannafin's a solid uh, middle-pairing guy. Lindholm is now one of our most dynamic players. He fits in perfectly on that second line. Very underrated defensively. Produces very well. Unfortunately, Furland couldn't really keep up his production because Mm -hmm. of his injury issues. Yeah. So, it's... Of course, losing Hamilton is huge. But... Yeah, because... We weren't really going to grab Fox. And if you really boil it down... I I say it's an all right trade, uh, Hamilton for Hannafin and uh, Lindholm. I think it worked out. Although of course Adam Fox does hurt. Yeah, that's fair. I just the way I see it now is just like, you know, Hamilton was arguably a top three defenseman this year. Mm-hmm. So like you know the Flames losing that. Like imagine you know last year you had Gio as Norris Norris winner, and I believe mm-hmm. if Hamilton was healthy, I believe he wins it this year. That's is there a better would there be a better defensive pairing than Giordano and Dougie Hamilton? I don't think so, but uh, we're getting we're, we're getting a bit off topic. Let's go back to the uh, the best rumors here. So yeah, like I said, Matt Sakaris uh, coming out with those rumors, Dollywell then confirming, Benning then denying. So I have come up with uh, three potential teams that I think are suitors uh, from mm-hmm. a cap standpoint, from a uh, goal scoring standpoint. Uh, that could desperately use Brock Besser and going the other way would be some defensive help. So first off, mm-hmm. I'm going to get your opinion on this, Kaiser. Uh, this one's a bit of a, there are some cap dumps in this trade, so I will give you a quick heads up. So going, so this yeah. trades with Buffalo. So going to Buffalo, we got Brock Besser and Louis Erickson. And then the other way coming back, we got Rasmus Ristolainen, Colin Miller, and a second round pick. And to back up this trade real quick with Colin Miller, he was a healthy scratch a bunch of times this year. The Flames, or sorry, not the Flames, the uh, the Sabres, uh, with them taking on, if they were to do a potential Louis Erickson for Colin Miller swap, they wouldn't be saving cap dollars. I don't know the exact amount, but they would be saving a lot of real dollars. And the, the Sabres coming up, they could have this cap space available soon. So I think this is something they could look at. And then you got Brock Besser playing with Jack Eichel and Victor Olofsson. That's, I mean, try finding a... <laughs> a better top line in the league right there. And then mm-hmm. coming back, you got Rasmus Ristolainen, who hasn't lived up to much of the hype. But then again, uh, Buffalo, we won't hate on him too much, but Buffalo is Buffalo. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to play there. Uh, so you got Ristolainen coming back. Uh, you could have Ristolainen and Quinn Hughes as your top pair. Yeah. Uh, and then the depth pair there, assuming 
I'm assuming this is this trade. This is an off-season trade. But it's going into next season. So Edler still under contract. Second pair, Edler Myers. Third pair, maybe Rathbone if he's ready with Colin Miller. Maybe I. I don't think Jordy Ben's going to be there next year. I think he's going to be a cap casualty. Uh, so that's the way. That's the ideal Besser trade for me to Buffalo. I don't think they're capping on his full value, but you got to remember they're sending Louis Erickson the other way while still getting Rasmus Ristolainen, who's a terrific top four defenseman. Like we said, he hasn't lived up to most of his potential yet, but he's still a very good top four defenseman. And they also get Colin Miller coming back, who going into this season was one of the more underrated players in the league. And, and honestly, going into it, Everyone thought that he was the perfect partner for Darlene because Darlene can then play his very offensive type game while Colin Miller can stay back, but it just hasn't worked out that way. So I think with Miller going to Vancouver, Erickson coming back, that's, I don't think an Erickson for, Erickson for, I'm blinking on his name, for Miller, I don't think that's a fair one for one trade just because of the cap, even if they're saving real dollars. But I think with Besser going to Buffalo, then you get the, uh, you get Rasmus Ristolainen and, and you get the second round pick coming back. Uh, I think that's fair value for both teams. Uh, I just want to get your take on yeah, it. It's definitely a high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Canucks end, um, that could very well revitalize Ristolainen's career because he was looking, he was looking very terrific early on in his career. Mm-hmm. But I believe it was uh, last season. Didn't he have the worst plus minus? I, yeah, I think league? he won the Green Jacket Award. If you don't yeah. know, the Green Jacket Award is the, the, <laughs> the plus, the worst. Uh, yeah, they call it that. The worst plus minus in the league, you know. Uh, yeah, if you, if it's you a golfing have a brain, reference. Yeah, if you have a brain, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm sorry. Uh, continue. Yeah, so on one end, you could get Rasmus Ristolainen in the form that he should have been if he was on a, um, a team that mm-hmm. better allowed him to flourish into his potential. So on one end, we could uh, Vancouver could get that Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Ristolainen <laughs> might not see his full potential and he might just stay at a kind of second pairing guy mm-hmm. i i would lean towards i think he will still be a great player i think he still has a lot in the tank but it's a po- possibility mm-hmm. on the buffalo's end they have the risk of getting rid of a top two defenseman on their team Fair. and a second round pick, which is quite valuable for Buffalo. A high second. Yeah. A high second. Yeah. And they get in return, obviously Brock Besser, a top line player. One of the best real shooters quick, in the league. I don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you real quick, but I think, I think we have, we definitely have not seen the best of Besser yet. I think Besser, I think he can, he can notch 40 goals. I don't know if it's coming this year or next year, but I think in his peak, he can notch 40 goals. And if he plays with Jack Eichel, and don't get me wrong, if Eichel or Pedersen, who are you taking? I think that's a pretty close bet there, but I think we can agree that Jack Eichel's a better playmaker. Yeah. Uh, so if you put Besser with Eichel, oh man, I mean, <laughs> could be a lot of goals uh, in their future there, but uh, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. You can continue there. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue with Besser is that the his main skill is his shot mm-hmm. aside from that he's not particularly outstanding he's of course above average yeah um in all offensive abilities but he does need a solid player um to 
really get a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and injuries are a problem as well. So yeah. he's he's yet to hit the thirty goal mark in his first few seasons because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a high risk player there. So they they really need mm-hmm. a player like that to really entice Eichel into staying. Yeah, because they've got a few years for Eichel. Uh, to prove to Eichel that they can actually do something because Eichel doesn't want to waste his years. He's made that apparent mm-hmm. that he does not want to waste years kind of floating near the bottom. Eichel wants to win. He's a very competitive player. So mm-hmm. they really do need to be uh, a buying team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's it's, say it's a, high risk, mm-hmm. high reward for both teams it, for sure. Yeah. In the end, that's this is a tough question. I think who wins this trade? It's, it's a close one because if you look at, the like we said, the Buffalo side, they're getting a potential 40-goal scorer. Uh, that might be one of the top lines in the league. While Buffalo is giving up, they have a surplus of defensemen there. Uh, on the right side, they would still have, I believe, Brandon Montour and Yoki Haru. So that's yeah. a pretty decent... And Yoki Haru, I think, is going to be a top defenseman one day. So that's a pretty decent right side still. Uh, and then on the Vancouver side, you're solving your right side on defense issue with Ristolainen and Myers, and Colin Miller might even resign there. I think he has, I want to say, two years left on his deal. I think it's the same as Eric's. Yeah. So the the Canucks, they're buffing up their right side on defense. They're making it uh, serviceable because, like we said, going into the 2021-2022 season, it's Myers and Zip. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going for a winner, I'm probably going to lean towards Buffalo yeah. just because they're getting the best player in the trade. Uh, and like we said, potential 40-goal scorer uh, being paired up with arguably one of the best playmakers in the league. Uh, I give the edge to Buffalo, but like I said, from the Vancouver side, that that right side, if like if Myers and it's it's been a conversation here in Vancouver of has Myers been good or has Myers been awful? I'm on the side of Myers has been fine. I don't think I think a lot of the uh, the a lot of the fans in Vancouver are. Uh, there's they're still in that mindset of everything in Vancouver goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of, they don't see, so whenever, for example, Tyler Myers one like makes a turnover, Canucks Twitter goes insane. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's been that bad. I think he's been very serviceable. I don't think, he, I think we can all agree, I don't want to speak for you, but we can agree that he's not worth the $6 million. But, I mean, it's the free agent market. Uh, so that right side on defense there with Ristolainen and Myers... And on the left side, you got uh, Quinn Hughes, and then maybe uh, maybe U Levy's ready. I don't. U uh, Levy's not such a not wild quite. Card. He's he still yeah. needs to fill out more. It's like it's gonna be a bit, but yeah. that right side though is looking pretty nice. So I'm yeah. gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with Buffalo as my winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say in terms of raw value, Buffalo would would win that trade, but in terms of patching up holes, as a whole, I think. Vancouver would benefit more from mm-hmm. what they're getting in because yeah. Buffalo it's kind of Buffalo is basically bumping Reinhardt Hart down to the um the second line that instance mm-hmm. so Reinhardt fills the role right now of a Besser obviously not as well but there is mm-hmm. a player in that role in Buffalo so they would be getting a player that does that job better mm-hmm. whereas uh, Vancouver would be filling in 
weaknesses. Yeah. So it's one of those instances where it's kind of trading value for reinforcements. Yes. Uh, all right, let's move on to the second trade here. I'm just going to get this one out of the way. This one's super obvious. It's it's not controversial. It's been talked about many times. Uh, Besser to Minnesota. Matt Dumba comes back the other way. One for one. Besser goes Besser goes home to Minnesota. Uh, I The thing with Matt Dumba is he had a pretty down season this year. But, I mean, last year he scored 30 goals, and he's a right shot defenseman. Wait, he score, h- hold yep. on. Uh, Dumba scored 30 goals? Did he? Or, what? what did he not? What are you saying about 30 goals? Did he not score 30 goals? Uh, Hold up. He did not. What, in last season, how many goals did he score? Uh, let me crunch some numbers. He scored 12 goals in 32 games due to injury. Where did I get 30 uh, goals from? I don't know, but uh, let me just crunch some numbers real quick. So if he played a full season, on average, it would turn out to 31 goals, assuming he kept up that pace. However, due to regression of the mean, he would end up probably landing around the 25-goal mark. 25, yeah. Which is still pretty significant for a guy like Dumba. Well, I am a clown. I dead-ass thought he scored 30 goals. Um, All right, moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Mathematically, he could have, but he would have ended up settling around 20-25. Above the 20-goal mark. Like... I just, all I remember was, you were in our fantasy league at the time, it was 20, uh, 2017-18, uh, our buddy Chris had Matt Dumba, and it felt like every day he was scoring. Uh, that's, <laughs> must, must have been where I got that from. Uh, never mind, ignore everything I said. Uh, anyways, winner of that trade, I'm going to go with, uh, thank you for the correction by the way, so we just straight up uploaded that, like, yeah, 30 goal defenseman. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, winner of that trade... Oh, I'm I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Minnesota. I mean, I mean, the, the fact that it's believable is right? is at it least saying a lot about Dumba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go with Minnesota as my winner just because like we both agree that their right side of defense is pretty lacking after that trade, but their lefts like their overall you got Spurgeon Ryan Suter who's aging but is still very good, and you got Jonas Berdine and now you're bringing in a top young winger to play with Kevin Fiala and I think that I think that'll do wonders for both their games mm-hmm. so uh so the third third and final trade that I talked about or that I planned out and it wouldn't be Cody's mock trades without a Dallas Stars trade Uh-oh. we got we got Brock Besser uh now that I'm looking re-looking at this I don't know if this is fair um <laughs> we got Brock Besser Adam Godet, and a third round pick going to Dallas, and the other way, we got John Klingberg and Jason Dickinson. The way I look at this one <laughs> is, the way I look at this one, hear me out, uh, Klingberg and Besser, they both have two years left in their deal. Uh, Klingberg is arguably a number one defenseman, making $4.25 million per year. That fits well, very well into their salary cap problems. Uh, you got, for the first, for the last season of Edler's uh, contract there, you got Edler, Klingberg, this dynamic Swedish duo and then you got excuse me you got Hughes and Myers who and Myers is not great defensively but I don't I don't know if you've caught Hughes and Myers uh on a pair this season they've been I guess electrifying would be the term they've very dynamic uh Canucks also give up Adam Goddard who's a great third line center uh, he's very offensive driven 
But they get back Jason Dickinson, and my reasoning behind that was he's a great defensive third-line center. He can play up and down the lineup. I think he'd be a great fit in that third-line role, give them some more defensive structure, because like we look at him right now, the Vancouver Canucks are all offense. All offense with a nice drop of goaltending, which arguably uh, is top three goaltending, unless for the NHL, but we're going to save that for another day. Um, so yeah, Vancouver gets... I. Like, even when Klingberg's down year, he had a down year this season, but he still put up well in the 30-point range in about 50-plus games. So Vancouver arguably gets a number one defenseman back, and now uh, they send Besser, got it. They get Jason Dickinson back uh, as a nice defensive piece in the third line who can put up 20 to 30 points a year. I think Godet's peak will be about 30 to 40, uh, but it fits both teams' needs. Dallas is just desperate for goals. They're... Like, their best goal scorer right now, it might be Denis Gurionov, who's a great player. <laughs> but, I mean, when the best the best player on your team I, uh, should be Tyler Sagan. Uh, it's the, the defensive structure that Rick Bonus has going on there. It's just not doing the team any favors. The best goal scorer right now, and you, <laughs> I hate saying this, you can make an argument their best forward right now is Denis Gurionov. It's just they, it, it's just how it's been there. They, they're, they're craving for goals. Uh, the best forward, Dennis Green. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt the best player is Miro Haskin in there. Uh, we'll say that for a different day. But, yeah, so the Canucks – or, sorry, the Stars, they get Besser. Uh, now, you now on your wings, you have Ben, Gurionov, Besser, Radulov. Down the middle, you got Sagan, Hints, and we haven't even said Joe Pavelski's name yet. I think this is a great trade for the Stars. You look at the Stars' uh, defense now, it leaves them with – a very a pretty big hole on the right side. Uh, Haskinen can switch to that right side if needed. So, for example, let's say Haskinen's on the right side. Uh, so on the right side you get Haskinen, Johns, and then Fadoon, which isn't great. They need some help there for sure. On the left side, they go Lindell, and I think I think Thomas Harley. I think he's going to make the jump next season. He he could have made the jump this season. He was that good, but obviously they sent him back down just for development reasons. And then Jamie Alexiak. So the left side's not too bad. Uh, I know there has been some quote-unquote speculation that uh, Petrangelo could be an option for the Stars. Not from not from Petrangelo's camp, but from the, the Stars' camp, of course. So that's always an option, too. Uh, so yeah, kind of the same thing with Minnesota. The right side starts to lack a bit. Uh, but if you're craving for goals, and Dallas arguably has a top three goalie in the league, they can, they can stand losing a defenseman like that and then keep the pucks out of their net while scoring some more. Uh, I think I think it's a great win for Dallas. Uh, and I think it's a fair trade for both sides. I'd like to get your take on it. Yeah, I, I think it is a great win for Dallas. And I, I would cut it off there um, because Besser, I still don't think we've seen the best out of him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaudet, he's still improving. He hasn't really – I mean – he still hasn't had a, a shot at a full season yet, really. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll end up, at at minimum, being a 40-point scorer. Um, really? If he keeps up his production, then he could have been a, a 50 uh, just, later Just to cut you off real mm-hmm. quick, I, I think uh, that's where I think me and you uh, butt heads on this trade. I have got it as like a minimum 30-point scorer at peak 45, maybe 50 on a good year. And I see you have him ranked a little higher, so I think that's where we can butt heads there. But uh, continue. Sorry. I mean, the thing is, he again, he hasn't had a full season yet. Um, True. Yeah. Last year, he was a scratch a lot of the time. 
This year, he mm-hmm. finally got like a relatively full-time position. The season was cut 20 games short uh, for him. Uh, he only played 59 games, but he still managed to put up over 30 points. So I think mm-hmm. if he was able to have a stable position with the Canucks, he had enough playing time. He continues to improve because he's only 23, and mm-hmm. again, he still hasn't played a full season. I think his peak would be about 50 points. So Besser, still more to see. Gaudet, still going to be a 40-point guy, probably at least. And then when it comes to Klingberg, yes, he's a number one, but we might be seeing kind of where he plateaus. So, and then I don't think Dickinson coming back the other way really offsets that enough. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's the, the scales are tipped in Dallas's favor too heavily in that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, think, uh, uh, I yeah. Think I I considered Foxa going the other way too, but I just think because that that is the perfect player that the Canucks could use right now. Just that not the best offensive player, but you could make an argument for a top ten defensive player. Like he's been that good, but it's just the offensive game isn't there. But that's the kind of player that Canucks kind of need on their third or fourth line there. But I just felt like from, you know me, I'm, I'm a little biased there with Foxa, but uh, I felt like that might have been too much of an ad there. But I think with your argument there, you swap Foxa for Dickinson. But I think from your view, I could see it being more more balanced. But uh, that's, yeah, I went with Dickinson because he's, he's a, you know, he's a good third line center defensive great third line center but he's not he's not fox at third line center it's closer but i don't think it's enough for no for the canucks no so you're gonna go with the uh the stars winning that trade 100 percent. okay uh for me uh you know what i i would go i think i'm gonna go with the stars too i think they can dip into the free agent market again and really patch that right side uh like top goal scorer coming their way i think we're gonna both Bad sports radio that we're agreeing, but I'm going to go with uh, with uh, the stars there, get the edge. Uh, so yeah, the second part of our segment today we want to hit on is, if you missed it, uh, I want to say Darren Drager. It was Darren Drager. I can't remember what station he was on. I believe it was uh, the TSN station in Toronto where he went on and said, and this has been rumored for the last little bit now, where that if the Flames, uh, you're going to like this one, if the Flames flame out, (laughs) sorry, if they they go out early in the first round or even in the playoffs. That was bad. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say something. Um, It it wasn't that bad. It was pretty Um, bad. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, So if they go out early, play-ins, first round, uh, changes are going to be made, and he speculates that Johnny Goudreau, could be the player behind that. He's got two years left on his deal. Uh, there's rumors going around that he could flee to New Jersey. That's where he's he's from that area, from the uh, excuse me, the New Jersey area there. So the rumor there is that he could flee out there uh, if the Flames don't get any more success. Uh, I want to. I know you got some things to say about the. Uh, the whole blame the star player for the team's poor success. So I'll, I'll hand you the mic here and just, I'll let you go off. I'll sit back and listen here. Yeah. I mean, obviously I wasn't happy with his performance last year. Frankly, I thought it was a pretty terrible playoff performance, but 
obviously he's not the only reason why the, the the flames were just destroyed by the avalanche last year even the the playoff series before that he didn't do particularly well but again it's a case of people blaming everything on their star player it's a similar mm-hmm. situation to what happened after um vancouver <clears throat> lost the cup the fans bagged on luongo which led to luongo being traded out of vancouver it's the same sort of situation. It wasn't Luongo's fault they lost there. It It's not Johnny Goudreau's fault that we've had a lack of success in the playoffs here. There's no real way around it. Goudreau is Calgary's best player. Had a little bit of an off year today. Um, I mean, this season. But he is still truly their number one player. I think trading him now... It's just not the smart idea. I feel like that's a knee-jerk reaction based on just emotions, frustration. And I don't think it's the, the right way to go, really. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and you look at it with... Uh, sorry, you look at it with uh, Ovechkin. Uh, year after year after year, it was they can't win with this guy. They can't get past the second round with him. Uh, they up three In 2015, they're up 3-1 to the Rangers in the second round. They blow it. Uh, the narrative is they got to trade this guy. You can't win with him. 2018, they win the cup and they go, oh, wow, guess we were wrong. So uh, it's like you make a very good point there. It's And with Luongo, I remember when that uh, when that cup, uh, when they lost the cup there, I think I was 12 years old. And I, I didn't know any better, but I was, you know, you're on the train of uh, they should have played Schneider, should have played Schneider. But, you know, we, we don't know any better at that age. But actually... It, it, you, <laughs> when I was a, when I was a wee child there, a wee child. When I was a wee child there. <laughs> even I thought Luongo was our guy, and that I, when I was a you're, little, you're loyal. When I was a little kid there. I didn't like that Vancouver fans dogged on Luongo so much. You're you're very loyal. I'll give you that. But um, I remember, I believe it was Game Seven. Uh, it was about a couple hours before the uh, before the puck drop. And Nathan Horton goes out there, and I guess he brought some water from Boston, from the the ice from Boston, and he poured it on the ice, the Vancouver ice. And then my twelve year old self was thinking, "Damn, that really gave Boston the edge there." <laughs> like, unironically thought, "Wow, that actually tilted the ice in Boston's favor." But it, I, that's pretty loyal of you, man, because you know, twelve year old me was like, "Bro, are you serious?" But to be fair, thirteen year old me also thought. At the time, the Stars lost the Sagan for Erickson trade. So go ahead. Okay, you, you continue. Yeah. <laughs> you continue doing your thing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much much else to say. Really, I just think that trading Goudreau would just be a knee jerk reaction out mm-hmm. of just frustration, and I don't think it's a smart thing <clears throat> to do. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I I don't understand what trading Goudreau would do for the, the, the flames like he almost had 100 yeah. points last year and of course he only scored or not even scored he had one assist in the playoffs last year but oh, yeah. largely it was just a systematic error we were just getting pinched at the blue line and then getting scored on on rushes the other end that's mm. says to me it's less of a player issue and more of a systematic issue within the team. Like, yeah, I, I know we're uh, we're getting short on time here, so I'll, I'll uh, get through these trades without trying to sound rushed. So uh, 
I kind of went with your. Uh, can you hear those sirens? Are those loud? Yep, downtown British Columbia. Yeah, downtown British Columbia. Okay, well, uh, y'all, y'all suck it up. Okay, so I went with. I texted Kaiser before the show and I asked him, "What do you think is fair value in a Johnny Goudreau trade?" And Kaiser says a top score, uh, a depth score. So that's kind of what I went off with here. So the first trade, and you have to bear with me. Uh, it's hard. For, like I'm not. I don't watch the Flames too much, so you'll kind of have to. Uh, give me some slack some of these trades and that might not be in favor but i wanted to get your opinion on them so the first trade uh we got goudreau going to nashville along with sam bennett and coming back we have victor arvidson nick benino and a second round pick i just want to get your thoughts on that one calgary right now is a buyer so they don't really want a second round pick they don't really hold that mm-hmm. to high esteem benino you love you, you know i love nick benino I know, that's why I did it. (laughs) Two-way player. He is a phenomenally underrated player. Um, But Arvidsson the other way, I I still don't think that's enough. Because, again, that second-round pick adds a little value to the pot, but the Flames do not really care about that. They want to make an impact while Giordano is still in top form. Because... After next year, he's going to start declining. He's, uh, Giordano and Brody were one of the most effective lines this year. Um, even moving Anderson alongside Giordano, he still saw excellent defensive play. So although Giordano's offensive play trailed off after last year because it's a difficult performance to keep up to, Mm-hmm. His defensive play hasn't faltered at all from last year, um, from that Norris winning season. So they really want to win big while they still have Giordano in form because Giordano mm-hmm. is a player that cannot be replaced. Uh, so. Just a quick quick spoiler: every trade here has a second round pick going to Calgary. <laughs> well, so you have to you have to bear with me. So um, I guess you're gonna you're gonna give the uh, the Preds the win on that one, eh? Yeah, okay. Uh, for me, I, I'm i going to go... Uh, I'm going to go with the Preds, too. I just, looking at Calgary's lineup on their uh, their third line, they still had Dylan Dubé, and they had Derek Ryan as an option, too. So kind of the, the Nick Benino factor there would kind of create a logjam. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Preds for the winner there as well. Plus, they're getting Sam Bennett, who's uh hasn't lived up to the hype, but is still a very serviceable third-line player. Yeah, I, I should I should note now that the reason why I don't think um, Calgary would want a, a defenseman, the, the reason why they would want uh, obviously a kind of quote unquote replacement for Goudreau um, and another depth piece piece of uh, depth scoring rather than a defensive piece, mm-hmm. is because you look at uh, Calgary's defense: Giordano, Brody, Anderson, Hannafin, Hamannick, even Forbert, Gustafson. Valamaki. There's a lot of solid pieces. Shillington. They have a lot of pieces on their back end. Mm-hmm. Even after, um, like, Hamannick, Brody, or um, Hannafin are, are going to be claimed by Seattle. Even after that, they're still going to have a strong defense. And goaltending-wise, they have a... A very serviceable situation going on with the 1A, 1B relationship between Talbot and Riddick. Riddick is their go-to. Talbot has been fine in picking up the slack 
uh, when Riddick kind of gets worn out. Um, unless they're really making a move for like a bonafide like 65 game goaltender, <clears throat> it's not really worthwhile for them to go after a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to illustrate their offensive plight, while their top six is phenomenal, they have great uh, depth in uh, defensive forwards. They have Milan Lucic on the power play. Do I really <laughs> need to say more than that? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I like Milan yes. Lucic. I, I like what he offers to the Flames. I enjoy seeing him on the Flames. I don't enjoy Trust seeing me, his contract Dude. on the Flames, <laughs> but I enjoy seeing him on the Flames, just this. not on the power play. <laughs> This player in Dallas doesn't have that contract, but you do not understand how much it kills me seeing Justin Dowling on the power play. It, it, it just irks me to... Oh, man, it's brutal. Uh, all right, we, we're running out of time here. Let's move on uh, really quickly here. So we got the second trade here. Uh, this one's with... Uh, I went back with Buffalo just because I feel like Buffalo could really use another big offensive piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I feel like this one's more in Calgary's favor. Like, it was kind of hard to gauge the value again. So, uh, to Buffalo, we just got Johnny Goudreau. The other way, uh, rookie phenom, Victor Olofsson, depth score, Marcus Johansson, and a second-round pick. Uh, I just want to get your take on that one as well. That's one of those instances, honestly, I don't think either team wins that. Because don't think so? Buffalo is getting rid of one of their best young players, one of the few things that Buffalo has been excited about in Olafson. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they're getting a big piece in Goudreau, however. Real quick, real quick, let me cut you mm-hmm. off. Uh, I know because we're talking uh, Olafson's a young kid. Uh, just to clarify, Goudreau is 26, Olafson's 24. So I know like, he? he's a little younger. Really? I thought yeah. Olafson was younger than that. Huh. No, he's uh, he's 24. So huh. it's not much of an age gap there. I know I had to do this. That's kind of why I thought the trade made sense is because, like, you know, Olison's a little older. So if Goudreau's two years older, they're mm-hmm. getting the better player there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it would tip more in um, Buffalo's favor then. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even bringing off Olofsson, like, Goudreau's their best player. Olofsson, mm-hmm. I mean... O- Olafson, he's kind of between Lindholm and Mangiapane in terms of skill level, because I'd I'd say he's offensively, of course, he's better than Lindholm, but Lindholm is so potent as a forward while also having mm-hmm. such a massive uh, defensive upside that people tend to overlook. So, yeah. and of course, um, Johansson definitely helps, but yeah. I don't think it helps enough to f- um, yeah really fill what Goudreau leaves behind in that instance i had considered sending reinhardt the other way at first but then i thought i don't really see the need for buffalo to do that yeah they're getting johnny goudreau but i just feel like if you're losing reinhardt excuse me you're losing reinhardt you're adding goudreau just great then you got you got reinhardt or sorry you don't have reinhardt (laughs) you have goudreau eichel olofsson skinner i mean skinner like a Skinner contract, man. I think he'll never he'll never live to nine million. He never will. I think part of the reason they gave him nine million, which is because they, I don't think he wanted to stay there. Uh, so they paid him. They paid him big. Uh, I still think 
I think Skinner can reach that 30-40 goal range, but he's just going to have to play with better players. Mm-hmm. They haven't been putting him up for success. I believe he was being centered uh, with uh, Marcus Johansson last year, right? So, you know, you go from Eichel to Johansson. Uh, that's bit big drop there. But um, I just don't see the the need for Buffalo to do that if they're giving up, uh, excuse me, if they're giving up Sam Reinhardt just because, I mean, Reinhardt's finally blossoming, blossoming into one of those, uh, like, he looks like, like one of the top-line wingers right now. But mm-hmm. it's just like, it took him this long. I don't think they're going to want to move him just for, like, if they're giving up Johansson and a pick too, like we like we mentioned earlier, that second round pick that's a high second round pick for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I just don't think they want to move that kind of player. Uh, like we said, Olafson's close to Goudreau in age, so that's kind of what I was thinking there. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that was my thought process. Yeah, I mean, again, Calgary is a player that wants to win, or Calgary is a team that wants to win while they still have mm-hmm. Geo in form. So, and. In uh, Buffalo's camp, they don't really have a whole lot to give up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, going going through, uh, I was going through cap friendly, making these trades, just seeing like the prospects and stuff. They do not really have much, no. and I, I wanted to maybe I I I would have thought before I I'm happy I'm happy I texted you first. Cause I would have thought the Flames maybe wanted a right shot defenseman to buff up the uh, the right side for next season, but. I was thinking maybe Yoki Haru at first, but if they're not looking for a right defenseman or any defenseman for that matter, then I don't think it would make too much sense then. Plus, real quick, uh, Goudreau's got two years left on his deal, and that's kind of why I find it hard for them to get max value for Goudreau, just because he's got two years left, and the rumor going around is that he's he might just split to New Jersey, which I don't I, think I, teams I, I don't pay. think there's much to that rumor, to be honest. Don't I don't so. see why Goudreau won't a player of his caliber would want to go to New Jersey. I, th- I think just because uh, it's close to his home. That's that's the rumor going around. But if, like you said, if he, if he wants to win, uh, if he wants to win and he wants to go out there, go to the Rangers, <laughs> go to the Islanders. Uh, New, Jer- New Jersey will be good, just not for a c- another couple of years, I don't no, think. No, not during Goudreau's prime. I don't yeah. think there's much of any chance that he would go to New Jersey, despite mm-hmm. it being, of course, his home. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're we're kind of we're coming up against the fifty minute mark here, so let's move on. Uh, last trade. I think you'll like this one. Uh, so speaking of New Jersey, <laughs> we got Johnny Goudreau going to New Jersey. Uh, coming the other way. I know this player is not the caliber of Goudreau, but like I said, I kind of I kind of le- lent the uh, Goudreau being close to free agency. So I went coming the other way. Kyle Palmieri and a conditional second, where if Goudreau resigns with uh new jersey the second turns to a first and then new jersey may be giving up that top 10 unprotected first round picks so i know you said picks aren't too valuable for the flames right now but to get a potential first round pick that would not be protected with that new jersey team that's probably not in the playoffs that might be enticing to them so and paul mary he's a pretty paul mary's a good player he's a 50 60 maybe a a 65 point player yeah so that was my thought process behind that they bring the new jersey kid home uh what is your opinion on that one i mean it's it's not bad but um yeah it's again it's just neither team is really getting enough because it's too much of a gamble from Mm -hmm. New Jersey's perspective. It's it's the kind of trade you make if you if you're Calgary and Goudreau tells you, 
I don't want to sign here. Yeah. Uh, just here's your heads up. I'm not signing here. Figure it out. So they go, okay, well, we'll get, we'll trade for Paul Mary because that's a trade that pretty much just evens itself out. So that then from that perspective, it makes sense if Goudreau doesn't want to resign. Mm-hmm. If the rumor of him wanting to split to the New, New York area, the New Jersey area, then that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're spot on. Maybe with that if one. they still had Taylor Hall on the team, then it could be mm-hmm. kind of used as um, as a piece to entice him to stay in, in New Jersey. But that mm. ship has sailed. So, yeah, I correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think isn't Taylor Hall from the Alberta area too? Uh, yes, he actually is a Calgary native. Yeah, so there you go. So that's and I know earlier in the year there was some speculation of, hey, if the Flames continue to suck, this is before the trade deadline. Uh, and it was never going to happen, but, uh, you know, maybe something around Goudreau for Hall, but I don't think it would have worked in Calgary's favor just because, you know, Hall's got, like, months left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have made sense, obviously. But from the, the player perspective, Hall goes home, Goudreau goes home. Mm-hmm. Both are pretty similar in value, so it made sense from there, but the contracts just don't really line up. Yeah, so, and that kind of illustrates my point that what could... Calgary realistically get for Goudreau mm-hmm. that would really help the team I don't know if they can get much that would help them that's fair for them I don't know it's it's the contract for me because mm-hmm. Calgary there's not a whole lot that they want they have a log jam when it comes to defense mm-hmm. they have two serviceable goalies unless they are looking to take a risk with a free agency letting Talbot walk but if they're getting a, a bonafide starter in for in for Calgary Riddick isn't going to want to play 30 games Riddick is proven to not be a 30 game goalie yeah Riddick's, Riddick's not bad like he's he's your I feel like he's your average NHL goalie from 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 my eyes I don't watch Calgary I don't watch Calgary like I might watch the Calgary games I'll watch it's when they play the Canucks they play the Oilers Maybe they play the Leafs. Like, they play a Canadian team. I'll watch them. So, from my perspective, I see Talibut as just your average starting goalie. Like, you you can win with him. It's just, you know, the team in front of you has got to be pretty good. Yeah. Like, you put, like, for example, so you, you put... Did you mean Riddick or Talbot? Hmm? Did I say Talbot? I meant Riddick, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Riddick. Uh, so, like, for example, if you put Riddick in front of Tampa Bay, like, I think Tampa's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and even then, they wouldn't really want... They don't really need a long-term goalie because if they just... I think the smartest thing to do with Calgary is hang on to Riddick. He's a serviceable starting goaltender. Dustin Wolf in a few years. I was just going to say I was go. just gonna say that Dustin Wolf kid, man. What a, what a steal. Yeah. We, we were at the draft. We both called it. Yeah. Um, we didn't call it. We left, we left before the seventh round. But, I mean, when we, when we both saw it, we, we called it steal right away. Did we leave before the seventh round? We left at about the fifth round in Vancouver. Hmm. We saw Antonio Honka got drafted. We were excited. We left. So. No, no, you were going to leave. But yeah, no, I you wouldn't come there, with. So I came and back. Then you came back. Yeah, but that was, that was all I wanted to see. But no, we left around the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess you're gonna go with. Um, I guess you go with New Jersey as the winner there. I mean, it, it all depends on that pick. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing with the JT Miller deal. Like they're like the Devils are still waiting to see what that like. If the Canucks lose the play-ins this year, they keep the pick, and then next year all bets are off. If you miss mm-hmm. the playoffs, you are screwed. So like 
yeah, I, you're right there. It's, it all depends on that pick. But uh, for me, oh man, I just I don't you don't want to see a Matt Duchesne, uh, an Eric Carlson type deal where the first the next year first round pick goes to the other team and then they suck, right? And that I feel like that's a legit possibility yeah, with I'll, New Jersey. I'll put it this way: say the the pick ends up being around, let's say tenth overall. Okay. New Jersey, a team that's trying to rebuild, they're losing a potentially top-line player. Mm -hmm. Calgary is left in a position where they've lost their best scoring threat, and they're now hoping that the player that they draft is going to be an instant impact, or in a few years he'll be a big impact. And by that mm. time, Giordano is going to be nearing his 40s. Yeah. So that's why, <clears throat> and that to me mm -hmm. is why picks are not too valuable to Calgary right now. Mm -hmm. Ooh, for for, for the, the winner for me, oh man, like, like you said, if that pick ends up, I know you don't think the picks are valuable to Calgary right now, and that's fair, but if that pick ends up being a top 10 pick with Kyle Palmieri re-signing in Calgary, I think I think the winner would be Calgary there. But if the if the pick ends up being 16, 17, 18, 19, then I, then I just see it as a fair deal. I, I don't see New Jersey coming out on top on that deal. I, I think if it's under a 10th, then it's a loss for Calgary. Fair enough. But, yeah, it... Of course, it all it's it's hard to say for sure because it all it's all just kind of speculation on what happens four years mm -hmm. down the line, and nobody yeah. can really predict that. Yeah. All right, we are uh, we're running out of time here, so uh, we're gonna sign off here uh, real quick. Uh, next week, next week's episode, we hope we have the guys back. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the NHL awards. Uh, all the finalists will be officially revealed. Uh, I have a lot of things to say, but uh, and I've been holding them in. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these finalists have kind of irked me a bit, especially the the Vesna one. But I'm not going to go there. Save it for next week. But next week, uh, we're going to go over the all the award uh, finalists. We're going to go over who we think our top three, top five finalists should be, and who we think should uh, should win the awards. So, uh, uh, yeah, signing off. I've been Cody French. Uh, he's been Kaiser Gali, and uh, we didn't do too bad for the two of us. So, <laughs> have a good night, guys. Uh, I'll talk, talk to you guys later. See ya. Yeet.